0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Conflict Management Series. I'm your host, Poonam, and I do have Deborah LaFon with me today. She is a licensed therapist working in this field for more than 22 years. And I'm today going to talk about the use of technology, which we did to some extent in the last episode. But today I wanted to talk about the use of social media and online video games. So Deborah, my first question, social media is very much popular, even though we are not meeting, but we all are on social media. We say the world has become a global village. You do not know the person, you will never meet them, but you already know the whole history about that person due to social media. So my question to you is, what are the best practices for using social media, especially for teens. Because, you know, the reason I'm asking this question as a parent, I did not grow up using social media. And I really do not see much benefit. There are benefits, definitely. I am there on social media. But I feel there is a more value in that in-person connection, deeper connection, rather than having social media connection. And it does cause some time conflict uh, between my kids and me, because they want to use social media more than what I think they should be using it. So what are your advice to parents as well as to teens about the usage of social media?
1: I think that it's important for parents when they decide what age is appropriate for their child to have social media. And then talking to them, as we talked about in the last podcast, about the pros and cons of social media, because you're right, there are a lot of pros to social media, but I see a lot more of the downsides of social media because when a teen posts something, uh, that stays there forever. So if it's something they've posted that's inappropriate, their future college admissions person can look at it and see, oh gosh, he or she posted this. That is not someone we want to admit to our school. It can also, employers, it can impact employment. Teenagers don't understand if you send inappropriate images or sort of suggestive images that that stays online forever. You don't know what's going to happen to it. Once it's out there, even if you delete it, someone can have taken a screenshot of it and still have an inappropriate picture that you don't want them to have. So social media is a slippery slope. it can be very detrimental to mental health. It creates more depression and anxiety, particularly for teens. Oftentimes that's where cyberbullying happens is on social media. It also makes teens do comparison. Oh, I didn't get a lot of likes for this post. I wonder why. Oh, I don't look like this person. Oh, I don't have this lifestyle of this person. And they don't have the developmental ability to understand that that's a really cultivated image that someone is presenting online. Very rarely do people present the raw truth online, especially teenagers. They present an image that they want the world to see. And it's really dangerous to have that go unmonitored. Parents should be a part of that, especially with younger teens, monitoring what they're doing on social media, not allowing them to add lots of people because As we talked about before, not everyone in the world has the best interest of that teenager in mind. There are online predators that use social media to groom and to lure teenagers into really difficult situations. And even the most savvy teen can get sucked in. I have seen that in my practice on several occasions where a teen is on social media and they think that they have a boyfriend this happens more often with girls, sometimes with boys, is they think they have a girlfriend and that it's the same age mate here when it's actually an adult. And so that's where it's super important. I can't stress enough to parents to make sure that the teenager knows to never give out their something that's identifying their address, all their information, because that can really come back or, and be a very dangerous situation where someone who's an online predator can come in and potentially can be a really dangerous situation. So it's up to parents to really provide guidance and parameters around social media and what teens are allowed and what are not allowed to do. And it's hard. There's going to be a lot of pushback because then there's that comparison. Well, my friend, she has social media. My friends, they all have it. There's no monitoring of that. He has it. Why can't I have it? So that's where parents set the boundaries and expectations for their family. This is what we do in our family in a loving, supportive way. Hear out your teen, understand what they're saying, but at the same time expressing to them this is for their safety and it's also for important for their future that they're managing their social media appropriately. So it doesn't come back to negatively impact their life.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Deborah, thank you so much uh, for sharing your insights. I think that's what is more scary. Um, Yes, use of technology is good, but like who is talking to whom? You can put any picture you want. You can put any age you want to put, and in reality, something else is happening. So we really need to be very careful. Um, Like young child, we do say stranger danger, danger, and that danger is there uh, on the internet as well. Right. That was good advice. Um, I'm sure parents will be benefited. So my other question to you is regarding the video games. Um, So there are so many video games uh, and some of the video games I'm not very comfortable uh, my child playing, especially, you know, when he was young, he wanted to play the Call of Duty. And I did not know what that game is all about, but he picked it up from one of the family friend's house because the older child was playing it. And I really had very hard time uh, telling him this is not the age appropriate game for him. So he did listen to me, but when he would go to over that friend's house, he's seeing other boy playing, he would like, you know, play with him. So finally, you know, I did some internet research myself and I told him, you know, this is not the age-appropriate game. So what is your recommendation for those parents who are struggling to say no to their child for the age-appropriate video game? And how do we set those boundaries?
1: It sounds like you did a really good job with your son by doing some research, understanding what the game is and what it's about. Because oftentimes parents don't know, can say, oh, I like this game and I want to play it. And if you're not aware of what it is, then you're not able to set that boundary. But that's what you say to them. This is not age appropriate. And prepare for lots of pushback on that because there is a lot of comparison. Lots of other teenagers, even younger kids, are able to play Call of Duty or... Grand Theft Auto, games that are super violent, super inappropriate, have a lot of inappropriate language and images that young teens or children should not be seen. So setting that, again, it's back to what the rules and expectations are of your family, hearing them out, validating what they're saying and their feelings, but expressing to them, this is not an age appropriate game for you to play. And then perhaps helping them find another game that's popular, that isn't violent, that doesn't show inappropriate images or have inappropriate language that is not age appropriate for that particular child and consistency then you have to really make sure that you follow through with what you say so if you say no no means no and they're not able to do it it also means they're not able to play it somewhere else and that's tough that's about having that rapport and relationship with your child and trusting that they're going to make good judgments when they're with other people but again prepare prepare. But lots of pushback because teenagers, it's super normal. It's a part of their developmental process. It's part of being a teen is they want to push back and they want to be doing similar things to what their peers are doing. They don't want those restrictions. They want freedom. It's very hard. I, video games are okay. I think age-appropriate ones, ones that are violent or shooting inappropriate images. Kids should not or teens should not be playing those kind of games.
0: Thanks, Deborah. So that's exactly what I did. I said, okay, I'm not against video games uh, because it is confusing for parents, you know, some research says it is good for uh, your child's mind. They will learn uh, multitasking and they will learn strategies. And while other research says because their mind is working so much and it is so engaged, you know, they will develop some kind of mental disorder later on because they're like it's giving them some kind of hormones, which is giving a cake. And I did notice, you know, after playing those violent games, my child behavior was changing. So which was concerning to me. Right. So I did make that rule. I did go with him to the store. I said, if it is written E, everyone, we can mm-hmm. take it if it is saying 13 plus lets you become 13 then i will buy you so it did buy me some time um, but i do know like it was a real struggle because again that fit in pressure right everybody's yes. talking about that cool game uh, during recess right there like uh, after school and your child doesn't know about it and then child comes home and complains you are not a good parent you do not know and I had to hear like a lot of things you are backward you you do not you are not born raised in this country you do not know what video games are available and why should we play it so as you said there was a lot of pushback yes but I had to you know be firm and make that rule And the sad part was, you know, when birthday is coming, I would ask my child, but will you like to have your birthday gift? Only video game was the answer. Nothing else. So now how do we pick our battles? So I did do some of the work, um, researching and then showing him. There were some news articles um, of the bad impact of playing video games. So I did read one to him and I think it did work for him and he uh, he did understand why my mother is saying So now I think early habits and rules are helping him out. Uh, so he doesn't play over the weekdays because he's very responsible child doing his homework, uh, but he does play over the weekend and I'm okay with that. Other thing I wanted to share with you, like and new now during pandemic, that is the only way for him to socialize right. and he enjoys that. So I do not want to take away that fun from him. But at the same time, you know, I'm mindful, like I'm watching, you know, how many hours he's playing. Is he keeping his promise? If he's not, then I will step in and then, you know, we'll have a conversation. But tell me a little bit more about, you know, if. Now he's responsible. What if child is not responsible um, and getting carried away?
1: What should parents do in that situation? I think what you said was you're setting up the expectations early and having open dialogue and conversation is really important. So if they're not being responsible, you want to give them the opportunity for success. So first I would start off with a conversation. Like, "Hey, I noticed we agreed on, one hour of video game time and you were doing two. So really you weren't complying with what we asked you to do. So I'd really like you to honor our agreement and your commitment to only play for one hour. I'm just going it out there. I don't know how much time you would allow him. Start with that and give him the opportunity to make a good choice. The second time, just say to him, right, if he does it again, I noticed that you did that. So today, instead of an hour, you get 45 minutes or a half an hour. And, third time, then take away more time and he has to earn the time. So give him the opportunity for success so that he can make good choices. And this is for all teenagers. Notice it at first, and then also give positive feedback. Hey, I really appreciate that you complied with what we talked about. That was a good job. And then sometimes they can just have additional free time if you want to allow that. But being responsible is important and it's having that conversation. And what does that look like in your particular family? Setting guidelines and boundaries around how much time is okay to be online because it's true a lot of kids use games particularly minecraft because it has a social i don't understand it at all but they try to explain it to me but it does have a really social element and in these times because of the pandemic kids are not able to socialize so they need that socializing time but it's a delicate it's a delicate balance of finding how much time is appropriate and that's knowing your child and knowing how much they can handle it. As you mentioned, you notice a behavior change. So if you're noticing behavior changes with too much video time, then that's a good cue for you to say, maybe we need to rein that back in and do some other things. Socially distant, in-person time with friends, outside of the park, or something else, as opposed to just spending all the time socializing, playing video games.
0: Thanks, Deborah. And I really liked what you said, you know, they need to earn it. Right, It's not yeah. like free check, uh, you play as long as you want. Right. So, yeah, you can set up that maybe reward policy. If you finish yes. your homework, mm-hmm. um, you can then play a certain time. So I hope these tips were helpful to our parents. Um, I really appreciate all the guidance you're giving to us, Tebra. And I'm looking forward to have our next conversation. Thank you're you sure. so much for joining. Thank
1: you.